Welcome to the Gentle Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Donegan. I'm a midwife, mom, and founder of Gentle Birth. Join me each week to hear inspiring, uplifting birth stories, learn helpful tips, and get advice from parents and professionals supporting you on your journey to parenthood. Your positive birth begins here. In this week's podcast, we meet Brenda Barr, a Michigan-based birth doula, to talk about the benefits of having a doula at your baby's birth. We'll also chat about why Brenda became a doula. And for any listeners interested in training to become a doula, we'll also share some tips. Welcome to the Gentle Birth Podcast. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Brenda Barr from Michigan. And Brenda is a donut certified doula. And today we're going to talk a little about the benefits of having a doula. What are the benefits of having one? What they cost? And a little bit about the work of a doula. So maybe you're considering becoming a doula. Brenda's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Welcome, Brenda. Hi, thanks. Happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about you, uh, where you're based, and about your family and, and how you got into doula work. Sure. My family, my husband and I have been married for 12 years. And we have three kids. Owen and Carter are identical twins, nine and a half. And our daughter, Clara, is six. Uh, we live in West Michigan, about 30 minutes west of Grand Rapids, which is the second largest city in Michigan. And that's where most of my market is, where most of my clients are. But we live really close to Lake Michigan. For anyone who has never been, it looks like the ocean. In the middle of the summer, it might as well be, except for no salt, but it's a really lovely place to live. So tell us, first of all, before you tell us about how you got into this work, if you met somebody in the, the street today and they and you told them what you do, how would you describe it? What is a birth doula? I have different answers for this question depending on how long I have. <laughs> uh, so if I have someone who, you know, if I know I, I have half a second and that's it, my answer is it's like a birth coach. If I have a little longer, uh, I say it's you know, kind of the stand, I kind of give the standard answer. So it's, well, I often say it's an old role, but a newer profession. Essentially, what I do is provide continuous support for my clients during labor, usually from about the uh, late early labor, the beginning of active labor, all the way through until the baby's born in a couple hours after. So that includes informational, physical, and emotional support. Now, when I have even more time, for example, at a, a consult, maybe with a potential client, um, I like to go into what that actually means, because I think it for someone who's never worked with a doula, it can be kind of hard to grasp what that means. So physical support and informational support are easy to explain. And physical support would be in massage or counter pressure, physical support that can make labor more comfortable, but also suggestions of different positions that can make labor progress, coping easier. And then informational support, I think is also kind of easy to understand. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. So as a birth doula who's, um, you know, I've been doing this for about five years. It's been five years today since my donor training. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Having been to many births, I unique perspective on what my client's options are. So I can help them know what their options are and how to ask for it. I can help them, you know, know kind of, I guess, yeah, what's out there, good questions to ask so they get all the information that they need. And also 
I really enjoy like the educational component of being a birth doula. I was originally an elementary school teacher, so always been a teacher, but I really like helping my clients kind of pointing out this is what's happening and this is what it means. And so they can kind of understand the process really well and kind of feel and feel less anxious due to that. So, but I think what's kind of the hardest to understand for people who haven't worked with a doula before is the emotional support. And I think that's because culturally, emotional support is not much of a value. I think a lot of people like to be tough and think they don't need it. <laughs> so I can, when I explain emotional support to people, I sometimes kind of see their eyes glaze over like, oh, okay, maybe that's for someone else, not me. But but I find that once I've worked with my clients, once they've had their baby, that is what they're, you know, they say that's why we hired our doula for that emotional support. I mean, I think it helps so much having someone who is, you know, mostly, I, mean, I say objective, I don't want to say cold. Of course, I, I'm not totally objective because I care about my clients, but but more objective and not a non-anxious presence with them continuously, I think really helps to bring down that anxiety for both, both the you know, birthing person and the partner. I have had dad say several times, oh, you know, when this happened, I I was kind of freaking out. I looked over at Brenda and she's just sitting there all calm. And I'm like, okay, if Brenda's not freaking out, I guess I can stay calm and know that 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 really helps my clients have a more enjoyable experience with less anxiety. So I guess that's my answer of what a short, medium, and long answer of whatever (laughs) doula is. (laughs) If you were my doula, when would you come to support me? Do I I have to wait until I'm at the hospital or would you come to my home? I tell my clients, bottom line, when you feel like you need my support, I'm there. But I also tell them I like more information than less. There's not a, you know, threshold of information they have to meet before they touch base with me. I meet my clients when they need me, when they're feeling like they need external support. And usually that means towards the end of early labor, beginning of active labor. But prior to that, I give a lot of support over the phone and over text that I know helps them feel a lot more comfortable laboring at home. That's that's where most of them are at the beginning, unless it's an induction, of course. And also, I should say, I have mo- almost all my clients' birth in the hospital. So I've had a few home births. But anyway, I know that just that encouragement over the phone of like, yes, it's, it's super normal for contractions to come and go. You know, even though they're strong, they're six, seven minutes apart. So often that means that you're still early, you know, about kind of helping them look at the whole picture. Many first-time moms end up going, to, like like you know, Tracy, going to the hospital too early. Um, but thankfully, yeah. that's not very common with my clients. And I know that's because they have that early labor support, even though I'm not with them yet. So I will, like I said, bottom line, if they're feeling like they need my support, I am there. Otherwise, we kind of decide together over the phone when's the right time for me to come. And sometimes that's at home and we labor at home for a little while and then you know, I accompany them over to the hospital when it's time to go when they're feeling ready. And then especially with my clients who've had babies before, when it, when it kind of kicks in a lot faster, what will happen is I'll, they'll be ready for me and I'll be halfway there. And then I'll get a phone call that's like, well, you know, (laughs) you just meet us at the hospital. Oftentimes that's, that happens too. So a question that I often hear and, and comments that I'll see online as well is I'm going to have a nurse with me. So why would I need another what's considered a stranger in the room? Sure. Won't my nurse do everything that you do? So can you tell our listeners what's the difference between 
having having the nurse and having a doula and do they complement each other? Well, yes, to answer that question, I believe. If you imagine a Venn diagram of the role of a nurse and the role of a doula, there is some similarity. There's, you know, some overlap. They can both provide that informational, physical and emotional support. So, you know, they're at times, but the lot that that's different. Some things that a doula will do that a nurse can't is, for example, right off the bat, your nurse isn't going to meet you at home and help you, you know, labor there until it's time to go to the hospital. Also, there, you know, there is the uncertainty of who your nurse is going to be. Where I work, most of the nurses are amazing and most of my clients have amazing nurses, but it's just a possibility. It is, of course, a possibility that you will get someone that maybe you don't mesh with, that you don't feel comfortable with. So having a doula that, that you know that you've met with prior to labor offers some you know, security, something that you can, someone that you know that you can depend on. Also, at the labor, the nurse is un, is not able to give continuous support like a doula can give. A nurse may have other patients. They have tons of charting to do. <laughs> so they're going to be in and out. And depending on your nurse, you may have a nurse that does offer more support in the room. Uh, but depending on their workload and their personality, you, you know, you just, that's, something that's uncertain. That's that's such an important point. And one thing that I, I try to explain to, to parents as often as I can that, and, and there was a really great study, a randomized control trial that was done a couple of years back, looking at how much time an obstetric nurse has to actually provide that not just the clinical care, but the, the comfort and, and nurturing support in the room with parents, especially if she has other patients that she's looking after. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it, it averaged out that of a 12-hour shift, it could be as little as 6% of that 12 hours mm-hmm. to 24%. So when I roughly did the math, I in a 12-hour shift, if it was at the low end, around 6%, that mm-hmm. works out at only 42 minutes. Yeah, which is right. yeah. astounding. When and mm-hmm. and this is not for any of our listeners who are nursing nurses or midwives. That is not to say that you don't want to provide that care, but lack of resources and you know a busy L and D means that their time is is just they're so they're spread so thinly. And the part of the work that that for most nurses and midwives that that go into this work, it's the doula part of the work that we enjoy the most. Yeah. but we have the least amount of time for. And for me, particularly when I'm talking to dads about this or birth partners, that when they realize that when you're going into the hospital environment, that you're it. So you mm-hmm. may not have someone with you for the majority of your laboring time. Dad is the person that has to remember, you know, all of the comfort measures and what they learned in classes. And I think the doula just takes all of that pressure off the birth partner so they can be as engaged to their comfort level and really enjoy the experience much more as well. Do you find that with the, with the dads that you work with? Yes, and actually that's something that reminded me of something that I often will say to birth partners and dads. As a gentle birth educator and a teacher, I think there's so much value in, in educating yourself and in information. However, there is, like you said, there is that pressure to you know, keep all of that information at the forefront of your brain and then for the first time ever be able to apply what you have learned perfectly. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. So I tell my partners that 
I'm kind of like your birth encyclopedia, very warm one. <laughs> but, you know, with you that when you need, you know, I, even though you have that valuable information that I can help you apply it really well. So, you know, yeah, that's and of course, dads need a lot of support, too. But I, that, you know, I've said before, like, when have you learned everything, uh, you know, about a skill or something and, and then applied it perfectly the first time you've tried it, you know, never, you know, so having a doula, it, I know for my husband, we had a doula for our daughter, he just felt so much more confident having someone who, who's done it a lot to give him guidance of, you know, this is what's going to work. I think as well that you get one chance to birth this baby and you don't want to mess it up. So I think yeah. for the partners to really educate themselves as much as possible and to a point where they feel capable and confident on the day with that, with that extra support, because hospitals can be anxiety provoking places. Most of us don't like being in a hospital as a patient. So when you're the, the go-to person and you're it and you're left alone with your partner and you don't know what is normal and, and maybe your partner is making sounds that you haven't heard before, that it, it, can, <laughs> it can be quite scary for, uh, for the partners. And then of course, mom yeah. is looking to the partner to be that person and it i think for the longest time we have sidelined the partners in maternity services and really haven't engaged with them to help them feel capable and confident yeah. supporting their partners so i think my own experience as a doula as well is just to really see those partners step into their confidence and really feel that they can participate in a meaningful way on the day. And, it, and you definitely see how a partner that's well engaged and well informed, how it informed can, it can impact their relationship because this is such a pivotal moment in their relationship. And if mom feels that she has her birth team, you know, all working together and her partner is there by her side, that if he can't fulfill or she can't fulfill that role, I think it, it can sometimes have a detrimental effect to mm -hmm. their relationship moving into, uh, into parenthood. Yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. I have really enjoyed it when I see and tell that a dad's feeling really, you know, at the beginning, feeling really nervous, like, how do I help? And then as, as you know, he kind of observes me doing a few different, you know, things or saying different kinds of affirmations, just watching him kind of relax, and then maybe start kind of saying some of those things that, you know, repeating some of the encouragement that I've been giving. I just, I really love watching, you know, women feel empowered, but also their partners feel empowered in that role too. And I've had heard people say like, oh, we just really want this to be an intimate experience. And, and like having a doula would take away from that. And my argument is, I, you know, I think you can't have an intimate experience if you're really anxious. And when, and I feel like I can help my clients have that. So for example, I will have a client, you know, in the tub and dad's, I can tell he's feeling much more comfortable in his role. And I'll just say, I'm going to, you know, give you guys a little bit of time. I'm going to just be outside the door and go sit on the couch and just let me know if you need me. And and, you know, they know I'm there and sometimes they'll call me like, oh, something different's happening, but I can tell, you know, I just, I think that even having that quote unquote extra person in the room can make it even more of a special intimate experience. But also what I was going to say about um, another thing I like to, way I like to frame it with partners is back to just the idea of trying to keep all that information you know, at the top of your brain and to use it really well, I think that causes a lot of anxiety. And what I like to do and what I've witnessed is 
partners, when they're able to kind of relinquish that anxiety of like, I have to do this right. And I have to remember all this. They're able to kind of like what you were saying, like come down to a more relaxed, connected level and support their partner and meet their baby from a more like personal, non-anxious level. So I just think it's very yeah, beautiful. I, I think they can, they can definitely, they can be present because yes, otherwise they're, they're, you know, their mind is going, as, as we know, in a million different directions. And once that, that pressure is off to be all things to your partner on that special day that it's like, yeah, I can, okay, I can participate in a way that, that feels good for me and that my partner will appreciate. And, you know, having that doula as a guide, because I think it's really important that we help parents understand that, that as a doula, that you're not there to replace the partner in any way. Do you want yeah. to tell, talk more about a little bit more about that? It's a common concern. It's something that I, you know, question that I hear a lot and can talk for a long time about that. But I feel, you know, I'd never want to replace, I could never replace a partner. My goal is to be a doula for both mom and her partner. And I believe that they both need it because for a dad, it's hugely important moment in their life too. This is, they can't be objective. This is their, the two people they love the most. And it's also a lot to put on a, a partner to remember all that information and also to advocate for their partner and to know when to do that. A lot of, you know, a lot of people will have distrust for medical community or medical advice and they don't know you know what questions to ask so my husband and I we didn't have a doula for our twins birth and both of us just felt like it was such you know like we didn't quite have all of our needs met so you know he just found so much relief in having that person not to take over his role not to do what he's there to do to support me but to help him do it as best as he can. And I just go back to that, what I said before about, you know, it's good for a partner to be informed, but also best to know how to use that information and think, you know, I do that for, for those partners. Sure. Another myth out there around doulas or misconception around doulas is that doulas are only for moms who are planning an unmedicated physiological birth. Uh, so yes. Mm-hmm. How would you how would you answer that? Well, I don't think it's true. I have clients who I would say the majority of my clients are interested in an unmedicated birth, meaning no epidural. But I, you know, not all of them end up having that kind of birth. And then I also do have some clients who are planning an epidural. Either way, there is a huge experience. Either way, you need support. Either way, or anyway, there's lots of different ways um, to have a baby, but there are a lot of unknowns. You know, even if you are planning on an epidural, you're probably not going to get it right after the first contraction. Uh, You will probably have, be able to feel quite a bit of your labor and need support through that before you get an epidural. Afterwards, sometimes surprises can happen. Sometimes it doesn't work perfectly or as well as you, as you know, some moms expect. Um, and then even if you can't feel your labor, there's a lot of unknowns that can still happen. It's still important to keep moving when, 
you know, even with an epidural. So I'm often helping my clients get into, often with the help of a nurse, change from side to side, try out, you know, try different positions, even hands and knees and squatting. So not like it's like now you're at a spa and are very comfortable. It can still be, it's still a lot of work and you can still benefit a lot from, you know, from having a doula, even if you plan on using an epidural. Even more so, I think with that, with an epidural that, I think there there is this perception that I'll get my epidural and I'll lie in bed and just wait until this baby arrives. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've just described a couple of, you know, other things can come up because sometimes with an epidural, it, it causes a kind of a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And having a knowledgeable doula there to help you with position changes. I, I've, I've had moms up if, who've had still have had good control of their legs. I've had moms in all fours and hands and knees and it's, and it's so empowering for them to be to be able to change position and help their baby be born by by using gravity because I think that's that is one of the potential trade-offs of the epidural is that you you lose that mobility. Brandon, if I hired you to be my doula tomorrow, and I, let's say I'm due around Christmas, so hopefully you're available. What does it look like? How many prenatals do we have based on what your particular package is? And what do you cover in these in these meetings with your clients? Well, I uh, usually do two prenatal meetings. I like to do them around the end of the first one around the end of the second trimester, and then the second one around 36 weeks. The first one, you know, I kind of like to come with an agenda. I'm always have lots of questions for my clients and, you know, want to encourage them to prior to meeting, I kind of send a questionnaire, kind of get to know them a little bit. I like in that first meeting, I like to go over writing a birth plan, though. I don't not all of my clients write one. It's whether they actually want a written birth plan or not. I still want to know what their preferences are, how strong they prep their preferences are on, on a number of different things. And of course, they're, the meetings are tailored to them specifically and what their concerns and, and desires are. So, you know, a lot of questions will come up. I'll give them a lot of questions to ask their provider and kind of if they're nervous about, you know, oh, how do I ask that question can kind of help them figure out kind of how to do that in a diplomatic way. And then I also in that in that meeting, I like to give them a few suggestions on preparing for uh, labor. You know, of course, if I have if they're also taking gentle birth, that's quite easy. But if they're not, you know, I give them a few suggestions on kind of how to practice relaxing and breathing and in visualizing their labor. I also like to give them a couple um, scenarios to think through, particularly what if your water breaks and labor isn't starting, encourage them to think of, and, and I also give them some information from evidence-based birth about that because I, I want to avoid them being surprised and having to make a last minute decision um, when they're stressed. And then the last meeting that I have, my second prenatal, do uh, we talk all about logistics. So like, what does it, what does early labor look like? What does my support look like in early labor? What, you know, what do I want them to tell me? Like, I, I would definitely want to know if this happens, this happens, this happens, water breaks, contractions. And then we do a quick review of the stages of labor. Most of them have taken a childbirth ed class. And then we actually practice some comfort measures. So I show them some kind of common comfort measures and also some problem-solving techniques or stretches and exercises that we might use if laborers, you know, stalled out or there's a positioning issue or something. Of course, it depends on what my client's particular individual needs are, but that's that's what we do prenatally. And then... In the postpartum period, do you see your clients after they've given birth? 
Uh, yes, I visit them just once within the first two weeks to generally, usually the first two weeks, process the birth. They usually like to kind of hear my perspective, talk about how breastfeeding's going if they're breastfeeding. And then I let, you know, connect them with different groups or, you know, other resources in the community that either are beyond my, something's beyond my knowledge or scope. When do people normally hire doulas? Do they hire them as soon as they find out they're pregnant? Or when would you recommend is the best time to hire a doula? say on average it's during the second trimester uh, maybe about halfway through five six months in that most people will hire a doula I have been a doula for like I said five years so I have the privilege of excuse me having repeat clients one of my favorite things about this work I tend to get hired when the stick is still wet (laughs) with my repeat clients sometimes I can fill up far in advance so I say that just because I don't think there's ever too, it's never too early to hire a doula. And I think the, the earlier you hire a doula, the more benefit that you can have. Because I do, uh, you know, my clients text me like, like a friend is what I tell them. If they have questions throughout their pregnancy, they can text me or call me and can just the best way to take advantage of that investment and get the most out of your money for hiring your doula. Can you tell us just some of the, there's, there's a ton of really robust evidence for birth doulas and how it improves outcomes for families. Can you just quickly talk us through a couple of those just so for parents who may not be aware of the research? There have been, I'd like to say, even though doula doesn't provide clinical support, there are a lot of clinical benefits. So there's been numerous studies that have shown many clinical benefits. That includes significant decrease in the risk of cesarean, lower use of Pitocin, higher breastfeeding rates, less postpartum depression, um, less uh, instrumental birth, so forceps or vacuum, higher APGAR scores for baby, which is suppose not surprising. Well, I, I think it is kind of surprising. Um, maybe people don't realize the benefits for a baby. Significantly higher satisfaction with the experience of giving birth. And I always, you know, obviously decreased C-section rates. Oh, also, I forgot to say decreased maternal requests for pain medication. So obviously all of that is on paper, easy to see how beneficial that is. But I think some people like to dismiss the satisfaction, like increased satisfaction with the birthing experience as like, oh, well, that's not that important. But I always say, it's not satisfaction of like having this spa-like experience where, you know, you feel pampered, even though I think that's perfectly fine to feel pampered. But this experience, feeling satisfied with it, feeling like it was a positive experience, it influences your physical health, your mental health, and your bonding with your baby. And if that's not important, I don't know what is. Penny Simpkin, one of the, the founding members of Dona International, he always talks about how we might not be able to control what happens in labor, yeah. or but but we can always control how we care for women in labor. And I think that's really, really important. And, and I think in the research as well, when moms look at their get, you know, satisfaction with this, the experience, it generally, it rarely comes down to pain relief or pain management, but, but how they were cared for, where they treated 
kindly and compassionately in this in very stressful situation for uh, for most, especially for first time moms, which is I think really important. But I, but I agree. We think satisfaction. I, I guess we kind of think of like a satisfaction survey or something. But mm-hmm. when moms feel really cared for and nurtured in labor, it definitely makes a difference in, in how they they step into that role as as a new mom. Absolutely. And and I've also seen that it's not contingent on how the baby is born and how much of their of their birth list or their birth preferences are checked off. You know, my I've had clients have everything go completely differently than what was their ideal. And while they may be disappointed about some of the circumstances, they've because of how they were treated, because they maintain their autonomy, because they were respected they and uh, he, you know because they were playing a very active role in decision making have felt that it was a, still a very positive experience so yes that's so important um do you feel that providing unbiased information is important so that parents can make informed decisions and is that something that your clients are interested in that that they have they can gather information to make informed decisions yes i think both that's very important for me to provide high quality evidence-based information for my clients. I, I think a lot of them like, you know, they're overwhelmed by everything, all the information that's out there. So they kind of like having a source that can kind of curate that information and I can point them, you know, point them in the, a good direction where they can get good evidence-based information or, you know, even evidence straight from ACOG, American College of OBGYNs. And I, I know that's important to a lot of my clients. So tell us a little bit about why you decided to become a doula. Sure. So this was, as is kind of typical in the field, not my original goal or original plans coming out of college. I was an elementary school teacher, like I mentioned. Like many other doulas, my path to this work started with my own birth experiences. You know, I had a positive experience my first time around. I feel really lucky and thankful, but I was surprised by how transformative the process of giving birth was and realized that I wanted to tell, talk about it to, with everyone. I wanted to tell everyone about this, my birth experience. And I also noticed that everyone else felt the same way. But when I was, I was quite, it was pretty young, at least within my circles when my boys were born. So after they were born, I struggled to you know, I felt like I was reinventing the wheel. I felt like I had to like create my own path. I didn't have any peer support from friends who had children before me who could kind of guide me, if that makes sense. So I had to figure it all out all on my own and it was a really big struggle. So then as people in my wider circle started having babies, I kept getting messages from them because I think I was the only mom a lot of people knew. So I really loved, I, you know, I, I discovered that I really loved to help these moms get their questions answered or point them in, in a direction to help them, you know, encourage them and get their questions answered. So there's also two big beliefs or problems that <laughs> culturally um, that made a really big impression on me as a very, you know, brand new mother. And neither of them, I'm sure, will be a surprise to a lot of the listeners or to you, Tracy, but one of them was the judgment. The judgment about absolutely everything regarding pregnancy, birth, how you feed your baby, you know, on and on and on until you die. (laughs) And 
it was really hard for me to, to kind of figure out my own way of mothering because there was this book that told me that this, and if I didn't do it this way, I was going to screw up my kids forever. And then the other book that told me complete opposite. So I found it very overwhelming. And then also, of course, just the judgment between women about, you know, pain medication, how you birth your baby, birth preferences. And I just felt it was absolutely unacceptable. I don't think there's any place for shame in childbirth or parenting choices. And I carry that with me with how I teach my classes and how I care for my clients. I tell them I don't want anything for them more than they want it for themselves. And I want, you know, to support them in their decision. So that kind of fighting against that, that harmful shame about parenting is, is a big motivating factor for me. Also, you know, I know I'm getting, I could talk about this for a long time, but another, whenever anyone asks me, why did you become a doula? I'm like, oh, I don't have 20 minutes. <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, it's long. But the other motive, really mo big motivating belief, or I guess cultural problem uh, for me is how women are systematically dismissed, how their experiences and their health don't seem to matter. Before becoming a doula, I just noticed all these women sharing very difficult experiences uh, where they were, you know, either something really hard or scary happened, or they were treated poorly. And they and everyone around them would say, but a healthy baby is all that matters. And that made me very angry. And as it uh, should, especially in like today, when we look at health disparities in, especially mm -hmm. in the USA, where it's, it's a life threatening, depending on if you're a woman of color, like giving birth is dangerous for you based on the care levels that these women are receiving or not receiving. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, that, of course, I, I've never met a mother who wouldn't do anything necessary for her baby, you know, and I, I think about it like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The bottom of the of the um, pyramid is an alive mother and a alive baby, but that doesn't mean it's the only thing that's important. Um, autonomy, trust, respect, care, you know, even even your, you know, desires. Like if you don't want if you want a vaginal birth and then and you don't have one, that still matters. It's it's still okay to be disappointed. Uh, you know, we don't have to shove all of our feelings about about our birth experiences into one feeling of being grateful for a healthy baby. We can be grateful for a healthy baby and confident in our choices, but also sad and disappointed in something too. Sure. So just that looking at women as whole people and whole mothers and at this huge life change as something so important that they're, it's so important for them and their family and their baby and bonding with their baby that their needs are met and that they're respected and heard, you know, so that me helping my clients get those needs met is, is a big part of why I'm a doula too. And I, I love that idea of, you know, the, the whole mother. So it's, this is not just a physical event that's happening that we're looking mm -hmm. at the, the bigger picture of the mom's, her, her spirituality, her emotional state that we've, I think we're at a point here in, in many areas of the developed world where we've just made birth about mechanics and yes. it's, it's what's happening from the waist down. And we're not taking into account the bigger picture of, of the whole woman. Absolutely. So what, what advice would you give to any listeners who are out there now thinking this sounds like amazing work? They're 
probably like like yourself, they probably were doing it before they realized that they this was actually a profession that they can train mm-hmm. and be a part of. So what what advice would you give to those listeners who are thinking, yes, this is exactly what I want to do? First off, um, I would say do your research on certifying organization. I am a big believer in being certified. Um, you know, I don't, I think I've learned much more from my own work and my own experience than I did with my, you know, initial training, you know, like any training, but I think certification really helps with the profession. So do some research and kind of figure out where you want to go. But what I, I, I think what's really important, taking a certifying, you know, workshop can, is relatively easy. Uh, when you think about training for any, compared to any other profession, compared to the work I put in in college for to be an elementary school teacher, it's a lot less to become certified as a doula. So I think some people can, can have the impression that it's an easy profession to get into. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a lot cheaper than college. It's a lot less time. However, it's a lot harder to become a successful doula than it is to take to become a certified doula than it is to just take a training. So for anyone thinking about becoming a doula, I would just say plan on not just doula work, plan on a lot of business work. Thank there, you for saying that. <laughs> yes. Because I was there, yeah, I was, I was just about to say, because as a, I'm a donor trainer myself, and I think that is one thing that I that I like to tell my my doula students is that the the training the certification it's enjoyable and but it's 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 the beginning and it's very much just a foundation for for a lifelong learning and always again like do your research and find an organization whose values really resonate with your own but a huge part of doula work is unless you join an agency is business work so you have to know about marketing and and networking and that's a part that I think a lot of new doulas do struggle with and need they need kind of that that doulaing themselves to to become successful and it doesn't happen overnight uh yes absolutely and you're right about that there's I think it's very important to have uh you know to have a professional to plan on putting an investment into this business that you're starting not you know it it mine has very low overhead thankfully but and i think most do um but you do need a professional website a social media in my opinion and you know professional um materials it is a lot of work to get started and get going but it's possible for sure yeah but it is it's it's not just that financial investment and outlay for books and and yep. your studies but the time investment and recurring time investment because sometimes uh, a doula can you know take a training and they get certified and then they're just expecting clients just to show up at the door which right. can which does happen when you've when you've you know you've had some clients and because word of mouth is so powerful in this work yes um, but it's it's not an instant business it does take 
you know, hard graft and, uh, and, and, and sometimes getting out of your comfort zone. And, uh, and because I know people don't particularly like the idea of networking and, uh, yeah. but putting yourself out there and, you know, meeting potential clients and getting out to as many events as you can with other doulas, other birth professionals, yeah. um, so that you can, you, it's about building a business and, and that can take uh, time and effort and not just, time spent at networking this time is also time spent away from your family Mm -hmm. and one consideration that I encourage anyone who's thinking about becoming a doula is that the doula lifestyle is quite intense Mm -hmm. Uh, time you can be gone to a birth for maybe two days and you have to take into consideration if you have childcare needs or the fact that when you come back from that birth that you've been at for two days that you're going to need to sleep for a while and uh, yeah. and yeah. really like self-care is not an option self-care is an absolute must so that you can continue in this work and not burn out really quickly as some doulas do when when they just take on too much um too soon and don't realize that it's not just about the business it really is a a particular lifestyle that you're you're entering into Yes, I don't think I'd be able to do this job without solid, dependable childcare. It's a lot easier now that my kids are in full-time school, all of them. But I still, I have a neighbor and friend who has been doing, she's a stay-at-home mom and she's been doing my, my babysitting for me for several years and I don't know what I would do, you know, without her. But yeah, having solid uh, childcare and backup doula too is super important. Also, I would say charging well or charging what you're worth, or I, I would say charging enough to, you know, building self-care into your fee is important. I plan on if I have to, I will pay a sitter to watch my kids the next day so that I can, I can sleep when I get home at 7am and haven't slept all night. So sure. that's, that's very important. Yeah, the, on, the on-call lifestyle is tough. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have to, uh, you know, it's another challenge for me is, you know, having really firm boundaries. Uh, oh. It's really, I know, it's really hard for me to, or it's really easy for me to overcommit myself. And it's very hard for me to say no to somebody who wants to hire me. But I, for a long time, have done three clients a month. And then, you know, after doing that for a while, recently, my husband and I were like, okay, we got to do two, especially because I'm now doing my my gentle birth classes. So that of course adds more, but I just, I need to protect myself in, you know, from burnout and, you know, I, I need to keep those boundaries. <laughs> Even yeah. though it's so hard. <laughs> it, it's really important. And I think it's, it's one of those things when it comes to boundaries and, uh, and also the financial uh, aspects to this work is that sometimes it is a lived experience and it's only when you're, when you have, been taken advantage of or you realize that it's actually costing you money to mm-hmm. attend birth and to do this work that you 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 have that kind of reality check and and step back hopefully be able to step back and kind of make some changes so that you can be successful emotionally and financially in in this work Brenda if you had one book that you would recommend to someone who's considering becoming a doula what would be that one book or is there one book that you've read that that really influenced you to to come into this work Well I would think this is a, probably a very common answer but Ina May's Guide to Childbirth 
Sure. I had a friend when I was planning for my daughter's birth. I went and visited a friend and I remember telling, I knew she had had two unmedicated births. I had an epidural, planned epidural with my boys and I wanted to go without um, for my daughter. And so I told her, I was like, I'm going to do it. And she, she was like, you know, I've got the book for you. And she went inside and she grabbed Ina May's Guide to Childbirth and it was like falling apart. I think it was in three pieces because it was going from mother to mother to mother to mother. I don't know who I gave it to. I read it and I really feel like it changed my life because it it changed how the way I thought about my ability to give birth. I know that my birth experience with my daughter also influenced my decision to become a doula. I really, you know, I will say to my clients, there will probably be at least one thing in this book that you, that will be a little too much for you. You know, you take what is for you and you Uh leave the rest, you know, orgasmic birth might not be right for you. It might be, but it might not be. And that's okay. But I love it. I, I particularly her, you know, when I teach my classes, I will actually say like, I prepared myself with gentle birth before I even knew what gentle birth was because I really did use a lot of the you know, the techniques that, you know, choosing to think the intelligent optimism, choosing to think positively, choosing to believe that my brain was really powerful. Ina May has this chapter on the mind-body connection and all these amazing examples. And I, I remember I, w- I read this chapter and I was like, I don't care if this is total BS. I mean, I don't think it is, but I'm just going to take this and run with it. And the worst it's going to do is help me think more positively about my ability, help me stay calm, you know, decrease my anxiety. That particularly that that chapter really influenced me. So that's my answer to that question. Great. Yeah. Brenda, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. And hopefully all of this information will will help more parents consider having a doula, a birth doula with them at, uh, at their baby's birth. And for anyone out there that's considering becoming a doula, that uh, this has been helpful for them to, I guess, maybe look further into it and, and research options and, and hopefully join join the ranks of, of doulas around the world that are helping more parents have much more positive birth. It's been great. I'm, thank you so much for you know this opportunity. So tell us just before we finish up, um, if you want to tell us a little bit about how our listeners in your community can reach you and your website and anything else you want to add. I am on the web at brendabar.com. First name spelled like normal. Last name is spelled uh, two A's, one R, B-A-A-R. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at brendabar.birth. And yeah, I'd love to connect. Great. Thank you so much, Brenda. We'll uh, include your contact details in the podcast information. Thanks again. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Great. Thanks so much, Tracy. It's been an honor. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda.